Do you use CBD? Well, I've got the CBD for you. Gummies. Premium Revive Hydration Formula, Aloe Vera Coconut Oil, Essential Oils. Premium Recover CBD, Pain Relieving Formula, Sore Muscle Relief and Backaches and Joint Pain. No more with this little guy. What the heck is this? Soft Chews for dogs? Are you kidding me? Burr! How many did they say? Bath Bombs. Take a freaking bath in some CBD and freaking mellow out, dude, because you're too high strung at work, Karen. All right? Seriously, there's they have more products? Wow. Premium Freeze 1500 Pain Relief from Back Eve, Sore Muscles. Oh, it's like an Icy Hot. Just a CBD version, CBDMD. Go to CBDMD.com. <sighs> How many products do these people have? CBD PM, going to sleep, put yourself to sleep. There's more? What? Hydration formula. Oh, it's like a smaller version. Moisturizing lotion. Stop with your cracked hands and get cracked up with CBD. And also, is this? Well, stop it. Just stop it. This is a dietary supplement, CBD oil. Okay, we, we have to stop now. Um, there, there's too many to even name, guys. Go to CBDMD.com. It works wonders, all right? Listen, my wife loves using CBD for that neck pain, for that joint pain and stuff like that, all right? Make it easy on you guys. Go to cbdmd.com and get 25% off with the promo code WONDERS. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code WONDERS for 25% off your premium purchases, CBD oil products. Get them over at cbdmd. I don't know if you're you know, trying to be an Olympic athlete or if you just wanna be a cool, chill dude. Get your stuff, cbdmd.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Jeremiah Wonders this week. I'm very excited to bring you Michael Lair in person, in studio, Kill Tony legend, in the house, comedy legend in general. I love this guy. You guys love him. Thank you, Betterbox Studios, for making this show happen. Speedweed, thank you. Like, comment below. All that stuff helps. Share with a pal. Without further ado... It's our buddy, Michael Lair on Jeremiah Wonders. I did the SNL screen test and the guy on the camera broke one. And they all tried to ice you hard. Like they ice you in the room from one to three hours. Mm-hmm. And then they ice you in the you know, 30 Rock stage. Yeah. And like, and then when you make the camera guy break, it's like, all right, Lewis takes it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, and that high stakes scenario, I mean, any, anything is a, is a huge victory, you know? Right. Especially when they're like, I mean, it's known they're like, See what they do if we don't tell them when they're going on and we try not to laugh. Yeah. That's the order. Well, they want, to see, they want to see who has nerves about them. And, oh, yeah. And who's a, who, has been, who has done enough bad gigs right. where they can somewhat relate to that weird scenario because like if you do enough spots you know if you do enough improv spots or stand-up spots and you've bombed enough times you know 
kind of that feeling of silence and not to expect anything, just to keep on going through. Yeah. Can you um find your cojones and dig deep? Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, I mean, I'm sure that 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 kind of shows like it separates somebody who's like more of a novice than to somebody who has poise and is like, oh, oh I yeah. got this. Yeah, seven minutes raining me right the fuck out of there. <laughs> no, but that was fun. That was, uh, I'm a far better comic now than I was when that happened. How many years ago was that audition? Um, when AD got hired. So that would have been... 13, 14. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you were doing uh, improv at uh, on the Chicago main stage, right? Well, yeah, ETC. ETC. But um, um, every year, the best thing about those stages is every year, either one person from SNL or all of them come and watch what you do. Mm-hmm. And they, that year, all of them, Lauren, the guy who is Jimmy Fallon's voice, who is the producer on SNL. Oh, I know exactly who Rick you're talking about. Rick he's a yeah. friend of every comic. Yeah. And um, they all came backstage after the show, and um, usually one or two person will get flown out for the screen test, flew all of us, all six. And Lauren, um, right before we left, Steve Higgins. Steve Higgins, yeah. I talked to him almost one time. And then Lauren, right before he left, did one of those. Hey, great job. And then I was like, yeah, you know. I mean, and, that's the validation that you're looking for, especially yeah. when you're showcasing for <laughs> those people. Right. And then the lesson that I humbly admit to is then when Lindsay Sugars, their producer, called me, she's like, here's some instructions. And I'm like, yeah, ignore them all and do my audition and don't get the job. <laughs> For real, you know, in the mind of a comic, you look back and like, literally, they told me we love this character doing a comic at the point. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Well, as a comic, you know, sometimes, uh, not sometimes, most of the time, we are very hard-headed where we're like, no, I know what's funniest. I know what's best. I want to show you what I think is the right thing, where when it comes down to networks and stuff, it becomes a little bit more complicated. Without a doubt, but they were right this time. I was too excited from that Lauren Michaels backpack. That I lost my mind and I stopped listening to anyone. What was the character that they told you to do, but that you're like, nah, I'm not going to yeah. do that? What was that one? One, the best piece I've ever done is Second City. The one that 
everyone is like, oh man, I could so see John Hamm guessing and doing it. And it was a rare, like, simple character for me. And it was simply a real estate agent who was scared of the dog. So every new room, they're screaming before they flip the lights when, and then they, you know, tell 800 square feet. And, and uh, so, yeah, wow. I mean, Again, yeah, it's getting, it's getting full laughs know, from behind and, the glass over there. Just you describing it. I mean, I, mean I, I can see, I can picture it as soon as you start describing it to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, click, nope. Instead, let me do uh, these half ass and you know, like sometimes as comics, we lie to ourselves about what's good enough. Like, this will be good enough because it's easier than not to listen, or and like, yes. The bosses don't always know what's funnier than us, but if you want that job the boss has, you know, I'm not saying so, oh, but, you know, do the fucking real estate agent <laughs> who's scared of the dark, you fucking moron. It's <laughs> a good tip. That's a good yeah, tip. Well, yeah. you know what's what's kind of interesting about that story is it go it it's a weird it's a weird you know how there's weird lessons in comedy that you learn some some early on and then sometimes you like are like oh this is a lesson that I learned a long time ago it kind of goes back to listening like with improv that's like such an important aspect of of improv is just like taking everything in and being present. And and being like, okay, I understand what you're saying. Yes, I'll do that. And I'll do these other characters as well that fit your, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Except, again, where I was tragically wrong was like that character I loved. <laughs> like, it's my favorite thing ever. And for some reason... I still said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, that's what that's what the crazy thing is about high-stakes scenarios is like sometimes, yeah. dude, I've done so many showcases where I've talked myself out of doing a bit that I loved. Oh, my God. I've done, I've done it so many times in stand-up showcases, and then the showcases pass. I don't get the thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why didn't I stick to my gut? Like, like you learn over and over again, like trust your gut, like the longer that you're doing comedy. It happens, I've done it countless times. And Jim, I like to take you that excellent point to making my mean what a hero I am. Um, like a lot of people ask me questions in regards to my disease or what I um do or um like how amazing and how and you know I didn't plan any of this and holy shit I started stand up after three years sick in the room one year ago this month and um 
the what you just said about trusting what you believe in your own comedic voice, I'm all I did was that in Buffalo at the Nazi bars when I'm doing the open mics, three minutes working harder on those than I did on my new set, my new face Montreal set in 2014 because the stakes are higher and I want to scream and be a comic and I really quickly was like, wow, trust yourself. And my work got better. I worked harder. And the bits took care of everything. I didn't hobnob with you and Tony. You know, the glory of God touched Tony's hand and pulled out my name. Um... Um, but, um, I, um, I knew, and I didn't have to tell myself, remind myself, I knew quality rises to the top, and if I bang, then everything else will take care of itself. Yeah, that's great advice for any comic listening or any person who is just wanting to succeed at something is, right. is trusting yourself. Right. Like it goes back to that and and the patience with the quality will rise to the top because as comics we all get so frustrated and it's real easy, you know, to see it's real easy for people to see things that other comics get and get jealous and be like how come I'm not getting that thing? I'm good too, you know, like it's real easy to play that game but it's like if I've learned anything, like everything happens in due time, like if you're putting in the right amount of work and and putting out the right amount of quality, and that's how I definitely feel about comedy in general and everything. It takes it takes w- way longer than you'd like. Well, there's also an aspect to it that we can never talk about, which is you might never be funny because you're incapable of saying something funny or original or inspiring or resonating ever in your fucking life. So maybe that's why you won't get the jobs. That is a that is another true aspect of his business as well. Yeah. It, it it is. Yeah, I mean I um the um I'm like my cup overflowing. I mean, I mean you know you get a sense uh, me by this point and what Tony means to me and how much healthier I am and and um I'm so excited every moment about it and what I'm creating and that creating is most of the time. Reacting off of, you know, like our Pee Wee's Playout. Yeah. You know, and I love that. One of my favorite things that you do is that not many people do as a stand-up is that they, like at least on the show, is they get right into their material and they're so worried about getting every word right. You know what I mean? And you like to 
cover and you'll riff on things that happened earlier in the episode and that that comes from your improv background and just like knowing oh, oh i can riff off this and this is this will do well you know what i mean well so i'm a little picky and i want to show everyone how witty i am mm-hmm. it's solid <laughs> thank you yeah and then it like if you i mean most people who are probably watching this or listening to this have listened to uh, or watched the show Kill Tony. If not, you got to check out Michael Lair on Kill Tony. Uh, the effort that you put into these bits every week, I really respect as a person who I'm always trying to think of the next bit or the next character or the next impression to try to crack. And I know how much effort is going into every week with these things when, you know, you could as a comic easily just piece a set together. Like you're saying, it's real It's real easy to talk yourself into lowering the quality of the stuff that you're outputting because it's easier and you're like, no, this is good. Yeah, no, this is funny. But like you're you're literally putting your nose against the grindstone and being like, no, I, I'm going to try to outdo myself every week with these different bits and stuff. I appreciate that. I just wish I cared about your respect. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after this. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, and um, people ask me a lot of questions about that. Like, people are like, how and you ever get Rogers Flag and all this shit? And they're always questions I'm unable to answer because I don't think, like, Analytically, maybe about joke construction, mm-hmm. I see slices of life to put it maybe poorly, but simply. And I fucking bang on that satire. I see my, I engineer the words to let the audience know how I see this. My point of view on this thing that I think resonates with all on. Yeah. I think that, that, I mean, that's how you like break it down for consumption and stuff like that. That's, that's part of the art of like more like the method behind the art is like, I'm going to break this down and make this where it's palatable for you, where you can easily chomp on this and I'm not. You know, you're not having to be like a beautiful mind, like deconstructing the joke. It's like, here you go. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, um, there's so much. I talked to so many comedians who um, talk about comedy so much, but we're not making comedy. So, like, I'm just gonna keep making comedy and yeah. learn and try to be better. And I've said this before, and, you know, I'm the dramatic, intense person, and I say these type of things, but I'm so excited to be a comic right now, and not in a flimmin' way. 
Because I'm not like that. I mean, towards what's going on. Mm -hmm. I present, I mean, I'm not going to stand up for my character. But um, I am watching and I can't fucking wait to talk about it. That's it. And what an amazing thing that we get to do. You know, and I want to say this thing, because, you know, a second city is on fire now, and I'm an alumni from them for 10 years. And um, there's um, so much pain going on in um, comedy right now, in the world, right? But it's blending the comedy. But to be comedy, the word might as well be community. And um, I see shows like Kill Tony or um, a plethora of podcasts I watch these melting pots of people where we don't pretend we don't have differences. We talk about them and and have fun with them. You know, my dad, um, he doesn't really understand what they're showing. And he's like, oh, am I going to be the oldest person there? I go... You might not be the oldest person performing, like, you know, like the variety of people and voices we give on Kill Tony. We, it's my show now. (laughs) I would love to see an episode of Kill Michael, so let's put that out there. (laughs) Hashtag Kill Michael is trending now on all the socials. That episode is coming up, but hopefully three to five years. Okay, great. Too dark for you, Jim? No, 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 not at all. I just start pouring down sweat. No, everything's uh, everything's fine. My favorite moment from uh, Kill Tony the other night was like one of the many times I go. You know, like, um, you know, Joe Berg said I'm ripped, and I'm like, cause of my disease, you fucking morons, and no one loves him. Like, maybe I should calibrate that a little better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, without the shaking and the yelling, more of a dead, more of a deadpan delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also. What is happening? Man, I'm going to talk about this more on Monday. But what I love that I feel like I'm witnessing is that the beginning, and of course, like, I came to be down with it, and I was always down with it. It was like, you know, disabled joke, disabled joke, you're dying soon. And now, like, everyone's getting to know me. And when I make the same jokes, they just get sad. How funny is that? 
Right? Don't you observe that? Comedy is a cruel mistress sometimes. Oh, man. I mean, you're like, that was the thing that you were making fun of me about. Again, Tony, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, to switch to switch gears slightly, uh, yeah. let's do something that's uh, that's uh, kind of silly, fun, and out there. Um, this is a segment that I call Wig. Now I've got a box of wigs here, Michael, and uh, basically uh, I'm going to choose one for you. You're going to choose one for me. No, and. Uh, <laughs> And we're going to figure out who these people are together. All right. I've got, so I've got these box of wigs right here. Um, ignore the names that I have labeled on them. Um, but I've got like a classic gray-haired wig. I've got this brown-haired guy. I've got kind of a... Uh, what makes you think you need to give me a wig tutorial? Can I just pick one? You can. All right. It's more for the, the, the viewers and the listeners. Uh, like I'm painting a picture for people who are listening. The peasants? I mean, you know, we have different ideas of listeners, peasants. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, I just mean all my fans are peasants. Oh, you call them all peasants? Yeah, but they like it. <laughs> oh, man. Dude. I think you're gonna get the role in this Shirley Temple biopic. <laughs> you're like Daddy Warbucks before he lost all his hair. Yeah. Stress from being rich, the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you look like uh, you could. Do some form of uh, magic, definitely. Um, also, you could work at a hair salon. I yeah, yeah like uh, I'm coming in early, and do my highlights, and uh, get a blowout. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I feel it. All right. And you want me to say what you look like? Yeah. 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 First of all, I get um Fallout Boy. You know the band? Yeah, yeah. Do like, they sing that song? Is this more than you bargain for? Yeah. Oh, I'm dying to tell you anything <laughs> you want to hear. That's just who I am. Is, it, is that yeah. the right band? Yeah. There we go. We're going down, down. Like I just. Are you, um. For real, are you a trained singer? Uh, I grew up uh, doing a lot of choir and stuff like that. Yeah, so oh, I so, I sang for years in like in different choir. Like, awesome. You know, I have a friend who produces or um, like records, um, um, you know, bands mm -hmm. and um, some bigger men. And I asked him, I'm like, I always been curious. Like, what percentage of, like, rock singers have vocal training? He goes, almost none. Oh, yeah. I was so surprised. 
Maybe because I'm using my classical training, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, to hear these songbirds, even the rough ones, the actual roads, and, you know, like, a hell of a voice. Yeah. And they're like, most of these dudes didn't take voice lessons. They're just randos. Are voice lessons all bullshit? Well, are voice lessons like the stand-up classes? Yeah, <laughs> where it's like, uh, you can take them. It'll it'll teach you some techniques and stuff. Reps are good. Yeah, reps. You'll get reps and yeah, you'll club. get up. Yeah, you'll get up. You're right. You know, you need the deadlines. You need deadlines. True. True. And you have a deadline, and you're right, and you get them, and there'll be a supportive environment. You, you just, your character just became a stand-up comedy coach. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm an open mic, or you're a stand-up comedy coach. All right. I just, um, I don't know if I, if there's necessarily too many pros. I mean, a lot of people just tell me I could just go to an open well, mic. Well, first of all, I want you to change that. I don't know to you. I know, because you do know. I, I do know? Yeah. Now ask the question. I know that stand-up comedy classes are a good idea? Yeah. <gasps> How much... How much money are you charging for this class? <laughs> Irrelevant. Okay. Um, what's relevant is that I reach into your <laughs> soul and I pull out the funny. I shake the shit out of you and like loose change, the motherfucking funny is going to fall out. Okay, could, well, could you give me maybe an example of one of the exercises? Because your pamphlet sure. says $350? Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, it, it's prorating on the lessons, but trust me. Could I get the amateur rated? Pricing? No. In fact, when I do all the lessons, you're going to be like, Wow, that was $500 with this stand-up class. I got a deal. But I have an exercise for you. Okay, great. All right. So it's all about getting you out of your head so you can get to the sweet mana, you know, the core of your taint, you know, like the G-spot deep in your asshole. Make everyone's balls tickle and all the pussies wet. So, <laughs> well, um, I'm thinking about going more into like a Christian <laughs> comedy route. So, can you give me a different example? <laughs> Fair. Um, well, all right, let's do like that's this. a big circuit out there. I heard I can make like a lot of money doing that. All right, but you're right. Let's start with that, and I'll help you develop Christian comedy. So why don't you start by saying, um, I don't know, to start talking about a Christian subject matter or a subject matter that would work on a Christian show. And when I say new choice, you 
have to change the last thing you said. And trust me, as the teacher, when you get to the third, fourth, seventh new toys, that's where the sweet honey of the rock is. Okay, um, cool. So, um, uh, I guess what we can talk about, um, Lazarus. Do you know who that is? Yeah, what about Lazarus? Okay, well, like, he died, right? And then he came new back to toys. life. Well, that well, that's actually what happened in the Bible. But okay, oh, I'm um, sorry. This is my stand-up class. Uh huh. No, you're a Bible study. Oh. So in improv and comedy, mm-hmm. we take the real world, we take the truth of the Bible of the Lord, and we we um what's actually fact, it, word for word, and uh-huh. and we um juxtapose. Layer, oh, frame, okay, and uh, over. So like almost like a lie, but for fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But there are a lot of people that would say the origin material is a lie. So you know, six and one half dozen of the other. Are you trying to convert me? No, um, I worship the devil, but I want him for myself. Okay. All right. So. All right, so we'll do this new choice game. Um, all right, so Lazarus uh, was a man who died, right? New choice. All right, so Lazarus was a guy who had a lot of ladies. All right, let me time out. <laughs> um, you were like slowing down when I want you to speed up. Oh, okay. Because you're looking for the right answer. Uh-huh. What you don't know. It's already there. So, when I say new choice, pop it like it's hot. Okay. All right. So, Lazarus had a lot of ladies. New choice. So, Lazarus was on fire. New choice. So, Lazarus fisted a fish. New choice. So, Lazarus punched a kid in the eye. He deserved it. He shouldn't fuck with Lazarus. Even if you're a kid. What can stand up comedy? Do you, are you on Venmo? Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that the the new choice game. I'm I we did that a lot at Second City when I was there. Well, honestly, man, these games, which is funny, all those. Well, like you were saying, not to cut you off, no. are, but are you tools, didn't. but I did. Not to cut but you off, no, but I did. So why I don't respect you. Right, I cut you off, and yeah. then lo- I lost your respect but again. But continue. But continue. Is Gino here? Is Gino here? Not right now. Um, a lot of the, those tools for those simple exercises that they use, like at second city and stuff like that are worthwhile. Like it gets you like, don't go for the obvious thing right away. You know, like try to choose a punchline that's not too like on the surface level. Yeah. That's so cool. You interrupted to say what I was going to say. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, 
Uh, I was, I was trying to like bounce off of you. Uh, no, interrupting and bouncing off, they can conflated, but definitely one is cuntier than the other. Yeah, um, well, can I just say, uh, I'll work on that, Michael. I don't care what you're doing any aspect of your life. I don't know you. I'm here for the platform. And Gino. Gino's not here, Michael! He's not here! Okay? So sorry that Gino, the person who you wanted to see at Better Box, is not here. And I'm sorry that I'm just a platform for you. Okay, Michael? Well, it's clear by Tony. Like a Highlander, there can only be one who is classically trained. And, I mean, even though on the surface, in this podcast, we get along and are friends and lie to each other, there's obviously guttural animosity brewing up like a volcano because we see each other for what we are. The same version of each other and there can only be one. Well. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to keep that going for a while. The, the, The bit, Michael, I was going to because it's like a funny joke that you just told them. No, I didn't stop it. I laughed a little. You stopped it by keep explaining how why you stopped it. No, no. We were doing a, a bit, right, Michael? No, I'm really have this disease. I'm so confused. Like, do does I know Red Man doesn't think I'm really sick. Like, it's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) You believe we just we just start talking about like, dude, that is I mean, Red Band has made some comments to me in the past. I wasn't I wasn't gonna bring it up, but I, w- I wasn't aware that you were aware of it. It was more just like a closed door thing. My favorite comment I made on Discord in the other night, because Red Bang came on and I was on there, and then um, a couple of people were like, oh, Michael and Red Band are here, and I go, believe it or not, because of where Red Band sits, we men never actually met. <laughs> That's such a funny visual to think of literally Brian on one corner of the stage and you on the other corner and being like, yeah, never met the guy. I know I know he's 15 feet away from me, but, you know, Hollywood is very, it's got its weird boundaries and uh, Brian's drawn his line in the, in the pavement with me. <laughs> oh man. 
I want to get into uh, this next segment, which I think you'll like. Uh, I want to get out of this wig. I'm not using it. Yeah, let's let's get you out of the wig. (laughs) (laughs) This next segment (laughs) is called Fanning Out. Oh, man. So this segment is basically I reached out to people online and saw if they wanted to ask Michael Lair any questions and uh, got hundreds of comments. Um, over a hundred. Why aren't those people following me or buying merch? I don't know. Where can people find merch? Uh, com, And that's uh, regular traditional spelling of Michael L-E-H-R-E-R comedy.com right michael yeah. comedy.com yeah maybe we can even put a little graphic up on the the screen we're oh there so, we go we're so cool like both you and tony have spelled my name right like effortlessly uh, a couple of times on podcast and i don't even remember your full name I know, you know, we try to go out of our way. Yeah, no, you guys have been good to me, and that's for sure. <laughs> I, uh, I texted um, Michael before the podcast. I said, hey, this is Jeremiah. Will you do my podcast? And then he said, Jeremiah who? And um, I said, Jeremiah from Kill Tony. And um, he said, do you mean Kill Michael? And I was like, I mean, yes. And he's like, okay, I'll do your podcast. Um, this one comes from Amelia Bedelia. Oh, they really got that Instagram or Twitter. Give a Ratner reference represent Second City. Mm-hmm. OG. Yeah. OG. Have you seen uh, her uh, documentary? I am not. Pretty great. Why are you exposing me, though? It wasn't my intention to expose, but uh, you know, uh, we can we can bleep that out if you want. Well, just keep in mind if you're concerned about intention, then think before you speak. You got it. Do you have any inspirational or life-changing films, comedians, books, or other art forms in your life that you'd like to share? Wow, I love them very. <laughs> very. Specific <laughs> question. Yes, of course I do. I'm walking inspiration. Rolling, but um, I get I'm constantly inspired. Read it again for the category so I can think. Do you have any basically to share any of these inspirational or life changing films, comedians, books, or other art forms in your life? Like, yes, when I was eight years old, I turned on HBO. And Rodney Dangerfield introduced Andrew Dice Clay to the world. When I was young, I lost my mind over Amazing Jonathan, The Ben Stiller Show, 
UCB sketches, countless in comedy, you know. Yeah. Like, but, like, movies, let's talk about movies that resonate the fuck out of me that are recent, right? The, there are obvious ones we all love. Uncut Gems, Good Guys, or whatever. The Sappy Brothers. But there was a movie a few years ago called 20th Century Women that I fucking love. I really love, like, meditative movies, like, long, like, well, like, delicately engineered, like, um... Thought-provoking, obviously. I like thought-provoking things. I love my thoughts provoked. Provoke my thoughts. <laughs> um, but, um, books. Um, my, um, my, um, no, I, <laughs> I can't read. You know what one series that I really like? Uh, do you like sci-fi shows? I'm a man. Okay. Um, there's this German series called Dark on Netflix oh. that I would recommend. All right. That if you like stuff that is thought-provoking somewhat, it's about time travel. So it's not like crazy thought-provoking. It's more yeah. just interesting and, and more like the writing and the cinematography is... Really, really well done. If you don't mind watching subtitles, or you can watch a dubbed version that they have the English voiceover. I, I like subtitles, and um, I really like um, like what inspires me honestly is probably drama more than comedy. Have you done any dramatic acting? Oh yeah, I yeah. mean I have a theater degree or two. Um, <laughs> but at least in certain, um, but yeah, of course I did, like, or well, I did summer stock. I mean, you know, I'm 41, and I've been on. Oh, let me. I, I love how cundy this is gonna sound, but I've been working professionally since I was 17. <laughs> so um I man I forget oh um the night of that HBO miniseries with Nicholas Tintero the writer of that Richard Price is like my hero um I um went to college originally to study criminal justice. So I've always had an immense interest in it, um, studying it. And then the writers out there, the crime writers, like he wrote for The Wire to a ton of shit. Like, man, what those guys are good. I salivate over in that shit. But you know what? Like, everyone knows the comedy TV shows that everyone thought were funny, that I agree, like Fleabag or um, 
many. But one that I love that I barely heard anyone talking about is the Christian dance one on Showtime on Becoming a God in Central Florida. Yeah, I didn't even know Christian yeah. Dunst had a series. Brilliant comedy series. Really? I think so. Up there with the rest of them. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it so out. I have show- evening I- on like it. Uh, I'm not forcing you to watch you, any. I, okay, I, I'll, I'll 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 take a look at it, Michael. You don't have to. Do you have Showtime? I just purchased it because uh, our buddy Jesus Trejo has a special on there, so yeah. I have it for the month. So I'll try to watch an episode or two. You know, when I first moved to LA to start my um, stand-up career here in October, I, the first show I went to was. Stories on Echo, you know, that bookstore that does comedy on the back. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus, I'm not Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. And Jesus. at least I'm honest about my ignorance. Um, but uh, Jesus closed. And the first, my first experience with him and a man. Oh, man, that was fucking dope. He's a great comic. Oh, my God. And I was just like, you know, it's like I'm in town and the rest of the people, you know, it's always that place is always going to have good people. He closed and on. It's just another like, oh, this shit is on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, check out his uh, his Showtime special, Stay at Home Son. Um, this one, let's see, let's do this one. This is a this is an impression that I like uh, that is suggested to us um, at Mona underscore Deke on Twitter says you should do a debate, Jeremiah as Trump and Michael as Biden would. Be great to see him as Slow Joe. That's awesome. Like right now? Right now. All right. All right, President-elect Trump and President-elect Biden. A lot of people are worried about their health care now after this crisis. Uh, What is your plan uh, moving forward after all this for the American people's health care? Should I start? Here's the thing. Uh, I think that healthcare is in a very good place right now. I think things are going very well with healthcare. I think that uh, that we have this COVID under control. Like I said months ago, people didn't believe me that this coronavirus is going to clear up when the heat struck. And guess what? There hasn't been any new spikes from these protests, these mass gatherings and stuff, even though I'm not sure if it's the best thing that we should be doing right now. But uh, I will say that the healthcare is stronger than it's ever been, and I think that it's at a good place moving forward. You know, in uh, 1972, I knew a black kid named Skinny Pop, and um, he once... <laughs> he had a piece of bologna. I said, Skinny Bob, you eat all that bologna. I don't need lunch today. 
Did he, I mean, I mean, not to say that he didn't answer the question, I mean, coming from me, but he I'm didn't even, he didn't even remotely to cover feed the topic. the souls in America before we worry about this healthcare and economy. Like I said, the healthcare in this country is, is phenomenal. It is not phenomenal. In fact, last week, I died three times. I am the fifth generation of the current Joe Biden. I am a Westworld robot, and I was poorly put together, and my manufacturer warranty has run out, and I'm bugging out, but the Democratic Party cannot decide on a stronger contender. Do we have another question from the moderator? Yes. Uh, so a lot of people are worried about women's issues. A lot of people think uh, whoever you elect to be on the Supreme Court is going to be their deciding vote. So what are your thoughts on reproductive rights and equal pay for women? Listen, what it comes down to, how do the men feel about this? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it takes two to tango. You ladies always say that when you, you know, bring up the abortion stuff. It's true. So we as men should have the rights to tell you what to do with your bodies. That's just me. I'm just saying what's on the top of my mind. I've been through a lot of pregnancy scares with, with whores and uh, different prostitutes over time. And I just think that's how I feel. Just me. I don't know. Reproduction is very um, difficult. And, um, well, when, when, when you look like Joe Biden, yes, I would say it is very difficult. Oh, trust me. Joe Biden, for... <laughs> but let me say, reproduction is difficult. Childbirth is more difficult. But I will rub your shoulders and make that baby come out easier. So, uh, Donald Trump, you have you have said in the past that you would like to have Joe Biden drug tested. What are what are both of your thoughts on uh, the drug crisis in this company, and what are you going to do policy wise moving forward? Uh, I wasn't really aware that there was a drug crisis. To be hundred percent honest, what was the other part of your uh, your question? Your nerdiness started coming through while you started talking. I stopped listening. To be honest, halfway through, something about drugs, something about problems. Listen, we're America. We don't... Uh, have, has anybody tried hydroxychloroquine lately? I mean, this stuff cures everything, okay? Have you tried a little bit of bleach? Have you tried spraying that in your mouth? I mean, Joe, maybe you wouldn't be the fifth version of your Westworld robot self if you were taking these strong American drugs that I've been referring people to. Hey, bleach is the one thing we can agree on because... My veneers are bleached every morning. Now, is Gino here? That's a that's a that's a great out for an improv scene. Is Gino here? 
You're like, dude, I'm freaking done with your bit, dude. Let's move on to the next thing. Um, all right. Let's do a couple more questions and we'll round it out with some good old sax talk. Um, Social Club Co. asks, if you could trade physical ailments with one celebrity for a day, who would it be and what would you do? Don't I have enough physical ailments? Will you trade the physical ailments? You're trolling me, you fucking cocksucker. I'm reading You're the, qu- I'm the, reading the you question. I'm reading the you, you chose the question. These are, these are given to me from you behind the glass. You chose the fucking question. Yeah, um, I trade down. I don't know. All my fucking parts you read in. All his parts you <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, and that's what else. Except the dick. Hey, can we punch in one more time on Michael uh, giving eyebrow raise to his camera right in the middle there? <laughs> like a little. I don't. <laughs> like a little. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would just see the show and know where you're laughing at. It's well, dude. The face that you just made <laughs> is like super inviting. Okay. Um, picogram underscore dab seven ten on Instagram. What's your favorite way to get high? Flour, oil, edibles, whatever. What helps more medically and what helps you get straight blasted? Much love. <laughs> it's amazing. Our uh, fans. <laughs> Sorry. Our fans ask questions like that. Even though it's so clear to everyone that I'm pretty sick. To answer the latter, I never can get straight blessing again. (laughs) I mean, that's not in my wheelhouse anymore. I can't walk. I don't know what cocaine will do to me right now with the disease. So I don't get straight blessing. Now to the first part, flower. Now to the second part. Everyone asks me, oh, how does weed help me medically and, you know, this and that. And, um, I got one as literally zero helper to do anything with my particular disease. But I'm super young and sick, so I smoke all the time, you know, take the edge, huh? (laughs) Do you ever ever use use CBD products? Um, Honestly, Jeremiah, 
You know how we feel freedom talking about anything? I worry about just business and podcast and talking about my feelings on CBD. <laughs> That's the line for you? Um, it's not my line. It's the line so I don't put my hand in someone else's pocket. You feel me? Oh, so basically you don't want to rep certain brands. Is that what you're saying? No. What are you saying? Um, You don't uh, want to put your, your hands in somebody else's pockets. CBD doesn't do shit for me. This episode is sponsored by <laughs> CBDMD. Get a 25% off out of your checkout at cbdmd.com. We're sending Michael home with all the CBD that he wants, and maybe, maybe he'll feel a little bit different. Chug a lug lug. I do want to ask this question because. It is something that it, you are an inspiring person, uh, and yeah, with your with your attitude, I know. And Adam in person on Twitter says, "How do you stay so positive in the face of this adversity? It really seems like you are living your life on your terms and keeping a good attitude. And this is hard for people that don't have ALS." Yeah, I get dumb questions like that a lot. Um. I'm kidding, of course. I know where it comes from. And I say that because I can't relate to the question because I never think that way. All I think about is, um, not comedy, but since I was four, three, I've been a comedian. So, yeah. And like I said, comedy is community. Comedy is happiness. Comedy is healing. So people say, how do you do an inspiration? You work too hard, work so hard. I say, I don't know what else I would do. I think a lot of people just don't have... The balls? The balls? No, I'm could kidding. Be, I they, wanted they to be funny. I, I think that they don't have the notion or the even the idea of what they want to do. So, do you know what I mean? I think that's where that question comes from. Yeah. Because a lot of people who are working uh, certain jobs, that's not a career that they want. It's a job right. that pays bills. Right. So, I think that they see you and they're like... This guy's got it figured out. What am I, you know, what am I doing wrong? Like I, I'm, I don't have as much adversity and yet he's conquering it in a more powerful way than I am my day job that I don't like. Right. And you know, there is an optical misconception sometimes like, um, so Kill Tony is introducing me as, you know, Tiny Tim in the wheelchair and, Man, this kid says the darndest thing. And everyone is like, oh my God, this kid in the wheelchair. Yeah, it's crazy. And 
he got in a wheelchair and it never says the darndest thing. And so questions like that understandably come up. But you know, and I've talked about enough at this point. Yeah. I've been grinding on my comedy ass for over 20 years. So what I'm doing now is not hard. I don't wake up and like, oh, right. I just do. Yeah. When I went to Buffalo uh, and headlined a weekend there at Helium, uh, all the staff knew you and they lit up when they're like, you know Michael, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I mean, the once again optics. Like, here's what happened: June 26 last year. So we're June now, right? And did I lose you? It's <laughs> <laughs> not an offer. <laughs> um, um, I haven't performed for three years. And um, I literally think I'll never perform again. And I found peace with that. I'm like, I'll write a book or something. But Helium, the um, funniest person in Buffalo, contest comes up. I've always loved competition. And um, I'm like, well, now that, partner, now that I have the wheelchair, I can do this, and I didn't, and then it lit the spark, and then over the next three months in Buffalo, I did 30 sets, and then moved to LA quickly, killed Tony Hammond, so... Like, I showed him in that scene out of nowhere, Tiny Tim saying the darnest thing. And, um, and, uh, you know, quickly performing at these Nazi bars and putting my evidence in them. And they weren't Nazi bars. Maybe one. Um, but, <laughs> um, and, um, Man, I saw it getting better. Here's a lesson to all the people out there. Like, Colette has been with me ever since I'm the way, and she's on this. And even at the shittiest bar with no people, I did exactly what I do every night on Kill Tony. And um, the MC wouldn't even say, and I'm not like trashing them, but the off the whatever comments people make, like, I don't know why someone would record these open mics or so, you know, I record everything. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, from those recordings, I started the foundation my new career, editing, playing. And then I went to Kill Tony um, four times before I got pink. And I know how lucky I am for that. I, you know, I, like, I believe now that the coincidence, they stack up so beautifully. 
I believe in the high power more than I ever have. And I believe I don't have a disease I have a cure. Like, the way what I do has resonated with people around the world, the letters I get, I mean, it's crushingly beautiful. But a week before, Tony pulled me out. And I was there, like, with Colin and not like, please, and oh, regular. I mean, how could you even think that? We would go there and we were like, oh my God, and like, this is just a great party every Monday night, for real. And, um, I ran into another comic who was, you know, there for the potluck, and I'm like, you know, conversating. And I'm like, um, oh, you doing Kill Tony? You know me, I'm excited about yeah. everything. He goes, I know that really can't do anything for your career. And I'm like, one, like, I don't, I mean, one, I dismiss and comment. I'm not worried about my career now or ever again. I mean, that's because of my health. I'm worried about my comedy. Mm -hmm. And um, two, what a dumb fucking thing to say that makes no sense. It's an L.A. thing, man. Yeah. I don't think that, that all the scenes have that. I think that's a very specific mentality that, uh, that oh, L.A. has. Dude, no. Chicago's the worst scene ever. Oh, really? I mean, I'm kidding. A climbing climbing the improv ladder and stuff like that? No, I mean, um, second city. I was being joking. Um, oh. Second city is going through understandably. And with a lot of friends of mine, um, some um, um, understandable um, addressing of long overdue racial tension. Sure. And, um, it's cray-cray over there right now. And, um... What I will say about Second City, since we share that, I want to touch upon that, is, is, uh, so I did basically... We share nothing. Okay, we share nothing. Well, L.A. Second City, which is funny, is not, I'm not considered... An alumnus. It's a very weird thing. No, it's not weird. You shouldn't be. I'm considered a graduate yeah. of Second City. I'm considered an alumnus. I know you are. Because I'm an alumnus. Uh, there you go. I never took classes at Second City. You just did the ETC. Yeah. There you go. There you fucking go. There you go. Alumnus. There you go. Wait, you trying to peacock me? No, you, dude, you, you're obviously the alumnus here. I'm just a graduate. Well, can we agree we're both classically trained? Yes. <laughs> I So I interned at Second City in LA for years. And that's how I paid for my classes and stuff. I did... Um, I did their conservatory program and music improv program and uh, their improv for actors, their long form class. I did everything performance wise that you could because I racked up so many hours and uh, yeah. and uh, I used to run lights uh, 
for Keegan Michael Key before. I mean, he'd obviously he had done Mad TV and stuff at that point, but he hadn't had Key and Peele yet. And um, it was just a, a a really cool time to like just soak everything in because me like one, some of the best advice that I got, I think it was from a teacher named Ron West over there, which is uh, yeah yeah alumnus. And he was on Thirty Rock. He's on Thirty Rock. Yeah, yeah. he's got um, history of uh, of a lot of productions and stuff like that. I think it was him or somebody else at Second City who said uh, that Del Close or somebody gave him this advice, and it was uh, be a nerd about comedy, like really immerse yourself in it. And that was a great note, like because nerd usually has a negative connotation from the way that we grow up and stuff. He's like, oh, I don't want to be a nerd, you know, I don't want to be like somebody who's outcast. The advice was be a nerd about it, immerse yourself, and that's when. I started going to as many shows as I could. I didn't have any friends when I moved to LA. So every night they had this uh, this deal where I could see literally some of the best comedy shows still that I've ever seen in my life for $1. That you would use your student ID, they'd charge you a dollar, and I'd just see back-to-back shows because I knew Amazing. nobody. And I'm sure it's countless people I work with. Oh, I you bet, know? like, I mean, well, you said that you know uh, Jamie Moyer. Of course. And uh, uh, Joshua Funk. Did, yeah, you know him? all yeah, the yeah. Detroit yeah, you, people. Yeah, Mark Wurzeka. Robinson, yeah. Sam Robinson, and Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, and then I know, like, you know. Frank Cayetti. Did you ever of know? Of course. Yeah. I am Frank Cayetti. Matt Craig. Of course. Dude, I love all those yeah. guys. I had teachers or or... A lot of those guys were either my teachers or instructors, or I would see them like around the halls in uh, uh, L.A. Before the Second City Network was launched in Chicago, we helped. That was that was the one little thing that L.A. tried to do was they tried to contribute. I remember to. that. Con- I mean, I was in mom, and I remember talking to Mark and John. Mm-hmm. They told me I was a good writer, and then we never talked again. <laughs> <laughs> that no, happens and uh i'm those um i mean i know bark better than josh mm-hmm. but he's my boy yeah oh man that guy's an angel i think yeah oh he's one of those guys that is really the demo <laughs> the twists and turns of your of your storytelling. I Have love. you not been paying attention? I paying attention. What, no, I mean over the six months. No, I love it. Uh, I love it. Are we cool? Michael, I don't know, man. I don't know. All I know is there's only one second city alumnus in the room and Gino's not here. Let's close it out with this last segment. Um, it's called Sax Talk, Michael. Oh, Sax Talk. Now, um, Jeremiah, um, I know um, you're going to play the sax, and I'm going to talk about a sexy experience. I mean, did I just introducing or are you gonna say more you took the words right out of my mouth fuck 
<laughs> That's what's going down. You're going to tell a, a sexual encounter. Doesn't matter how innocent or graphic, whatever you like. And I'm going to play some sweet, sweet sax. Oh, whatever I like, how gracious. Yeah, how you. gracious am oh, I? Thank oh, you. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, my yeah. oh thanks permission. for coming all the way in your wheelchair oh. to the studio, Michael. Oh. I appreciate it. Are you it. permission? No, I'm going to grant you. Yeah. Like your pussy? Yeah, I'm going to get a signed signature from your mom and I'm going to get it. I'm going to oh. send it and be like, oh, oh, Mrs. Lair, thank you for letting Michael on the show. Can your mom write? When she's 69ing me. Oh, now my mom is 69ing you. Oh, that's hilarious, dude. I love that. Yeah, yeah. you have permission to tell a sexy story, maybe about my mom. Sure. No. You know, um, being lucky to be a man who um, has a good sense of humor. Women like that, maybe more than anything. And... Working at Second City for years, the um, audience members would um, at times track us down online just to to suck the skin off our dick or fuck our And um, that happened a few times, and it always ended bad. I remember one time this traveling nurse tracked me down on LinkedIn. And she, um, me met up and, um, it was alright. We, um, we, uh, talked. I wasn't sure, but she seemed a little fun. And then we dated a little. But she started being real mean to me and pushing me and. Getting mad when I wanted someone. Breaking bad instead of. Fuck her. And then, um, when we broke up, she sent, um, a text message to me saying, um, good luck on Christmas and your birthday when you're not with your son. Hell hath no fury like a woman's born. I was young man and irrational, and she brought on my son, and I thought, why well, she get even with her and for one day I brainstormed how to put bed bugs in her house. <laughs> <laughs> I never did.
that nurses don't probably today. Dick sucking heroes on the front line. Nurses love comedy, treating them right. Then I make sure I said it was a female nurse. I didn't say I'll let you guess. I've been pushed by a lot of women. The cut of my <laughs> makes them very angry. There's something about my face, my regional accent, my sense of humor, my life that makes bitches insane. That was very film noir in some way. But I love all my ladies. Yeah. Well, film noir is an improv song that I am Iva Masterson. Oh, really? Yeah. Film noir is the biggest crutch in improv. I'm not even, like, exaggerating too much. You know, like, I don't know what to say. I saw her on a foggy pier one night, you know. Ah. You see so much in that. (laughs) Would you ever hear that backstage and be like, oh, this guy doesn't have anything to say? 99% of improvisers have nothing to say. What the fuck are you talking about? And what is your business? What I'm thinking backstage, a backstage where you never went and that you're certainly not an alumni from. Have you ever cleaned the toilets? No, I told you. They hired me to boom. <laughs> not to clean toilets. They hired me from comedy. They hired me as a janitor, and then I had to convince them that I wasn't just a janitor. Well, you never convinced them, though. Oh, I got a shift at Second City, guys. I'll, uh, I'll see you later. Um... I do want to tell one funny story about Sangin City. Wait, 
Where are we ending the podcast? After this story. Oh. Oh, well, like, <laughs> how crazy things are now. And, um, I know, like, I mean, social media, you know, um, there's a lot to learn from community, but obviously we know how things get. Right, and, um, I, um, I, um, I got everyone fired up about my thoughts about singing Henny, but then one guy, he drew up this long public post saying, like, a lawyer's form letter, like, if Michael Lahren does not agree the institutional racism as Sanginsini when and if Sanginsini reopens, they should delete all this archive material as silence his voice, how he is silence those he ignores. This happened the other day. I'm making a t shirt out of it. Um. And um available at michaellaircomedy.com. Yeah. And I'm like, oh another, you know, a person who doesn't know me, which I know. But I thought, oh man, this is like maybe um an amateur improviser or uh a comic who I don't know. Then I found out the same job that Horatio Sands had, that King and Michael King had, that I had. And I don't say that because they're people of color. I say that because the three of us are legends. Um, that same job, this motherfucker who wrote that post, he had um Right now, in Chicago, uh, man, wow, how comedy has changed. Erase me. Ten years, um, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir. Um, not necessarily you, but, you yeah, know, and you are a preacher's choir. Um, but... <laughs> Um, like, my point is, um, my real friends either know what me, know what I meant, had problems with what I meant, and can talk to me. Pretty simple stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm like, really, like, that institution of such, like, Literally, world pop culture changing comedy. And this motherfucker who writes this shit is on there now. Fuck that bitch. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to plug, Michael? Um, um, my wife is doing charity work for. Autism. 
Bitch. I know you're doing an impression of me. I'm aware. I'm aware, Michael. And it was spot on. It was great. It was fantastic. Why do you look at yourself when you look at me like, what's next, Michael? Like, fuck you. Like, you decide what's next. Good night. It's like two o'clock. Oh, now you're still talking? I said good night. See, I tried to end it. You're in control of my show. You're getting inside my head, Michael. You keep it going. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show, man. I had a blast. I had a blast. I was I, honestly, I, I was getting when when you said that you could do it last night. I was getting just excited about us being able to put on wigs and be silly because I always get to. to to just watch you do your bits, but I never get to like, you know what I mean? Oh, like be man. a part of it. So like I was stoked. I appreciate that. Cause yeah. up until this moment, I didn't know if you had like a fiery resentment towards the intention I'm taking away from you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. I love you, dude. I love you, too. And you and everything, Tony, is changing and saving my life. Well, we're we're honored and happy to have you a part of it every week. So, yeah, brother. Speechless. Onward and upward. Jeremiah, 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 Jeremiah.